We are so excited to share our podcast sponsor for this season of Millennial Women Talk, the American Heart Association Hispanic Serving Institution Scholars Program. The mission and vision of the HSI Scholars Program is to provide an academic year of scientific research experience, professional mentorship, leadership skills, workshops, and cultural competence training to promising undergraduate students at HSIs. The program aims to prepare future physicians, nurses, researchers, healthcare administrators, and public health professionals. The HSI Scholars Program will also award a stipend scholarship to a total of 30 students, representing institutions in Florida, Puerto Rico, Chicago, Houston, New York, and Los Angeles. As Latinas ourselves, we strongly support Hispanic-serving institutions across our country. The inaugural year of the program was widely successful, and we are thrilled to announce that 30 new finalists will be a part of the second year. Students who are a part of the program will have the opportunity to attend the American Heart Association Scientific Session in Chicago this year and get connected with the association's healthcare network that is ongoing and could lead to potential career opportunities. We want to thank the American Heart Association Hispanic Serving Institution Scholars Program for sponsoring this season of Millennial Women Talk. We are honored to support their mission of serving diverse researchers and healthcare professionals by providing undergraduate students with academic and career enriching resources. Our community deserves access to education in order to build better health equity. If you or someone you know is interested in entering the HSI Scholars Program, check out the link in the description for more details. And now let's jump into today's episode. Hey everybody, welcome to a brand new episode of Millennial Women Talk, the podcast. My name is Melissa Kirkache. And my name is Stephanie Kirkache, and we are two sisters and also the hosts of Millennial Women Talk, the podcast. On today's episode, we got to speak with three incredible individuals. These are the scholars of the HSI Scholars Program, and they got to share their stories with us, and it was so inspiring. It was so inspiring, and in, oh, it was just such a powerful conversation. They talked about their entire journey of getting into the program, what that was like, the sacrifices they had to make, the challenges they faced from housing and their families, how they juggled all of that. So it's such a great conversation for anybody that's getting into the field of STEM or really in college in general. So you're gonna learn a lot, you're gonna feel inspired, and we really hope that you enjoy today's conversation. Let's jump into today's episode. All right, I want to welcome you guys to Millennium Talk Podcast. Thank you so much for taking the time to chat with us today. No, thank Thanks you. for having thank us. Thank you for inviting us. <laughs> I'm, I'm so excited to have you guys on and just to learn more about your experience in STEM, right? And also with the HSI program. Um, so many questions, but first and foremost, why don't you guys introduce yourselves and a little bit about you as well? All right. So I'm Daisy. I'm 23 years old. I just graduated from the University of Houston with a biology degree. So woo, go Cougs. Congratulations. Um, uh, thank you. I'm actually heading out to New York in August to go to grad school and just kind of figure out my path from there. Amazing. That's amazing. Thank you. Thank you. Brian, you want to go next? Yeah, and so um, my name is Brian Medina. Uh, I'm currently a second year biomedical engineering student at U of H. 
Um, I'm currently in Boston, though, uh, pursuing a med school internship. That's amazing. Hence the office. Hence the office. <laughs> For those who are watching, definitely check out this episode so you can see Brian's office always located. <laughs> and Irvine, tell us a bit about you. Okay, so my name is Irvin Solano. I'm a senior at the University of Houston downtown, majoring in biological and physical sciences, minor in sustainability. And, you know, a little thing about me is I love to network, so I love to talk. Um, you know, that's where pretty much all three of us are kind of similar in that aspect uh, when it comes. That's how we connected through this program. We just spoke a lot. Oh. I love it. <laughs> I love it. So tell us a little bit about what made you interested in, in STEM. And, and Irva, we can start with you. Kind of what was that process like? Why did you get into it? What kind of sparked that sort of idea and said, I, I want to get into STEM? Um, I mean, honestly, what really, really like, you know, I had a very dramatic instance, you know, growing up. Um, I actually lost my brother to a gunshot accident. Oh, wow. So not sorry. an accident, but yeah, but um, just being there, like not knowing like what to do, because he died just from blood loss. Um, you know, wow. apparently I was able to get there and, you know, you know, pretty good timing, but there was just, I just, I could I didn't even know what to do. So that was probably the major turning point where I was like, I want to learn how to prevent this. Not, you know, since I couldn't do it back then, I could do it now. And so that's what really skyrocketed that pathway towards medicine. Um yeah that's really really powerful and you know and so and thank you for sharing that and being so vulnerable with us um because it comes from a personal place for you right how was your family when you decided to get into the field were they supportive and how was that journey like for you um well i'm a first generation student so they honestly don't understand it um which is kind of hard sometimes to um you know whenever you're you're going to school all the time, you know, you're doing all these extra things and they're always wondering, hey, where is the money going to start rolling in? Like, what are you doing? Yeah. And so that's where um, you have that kind of issue. Um, but other than that, it's just been, you know, it's been hard for them to try to understand what I'm doing. They initially thought I was already going to become a doctor as soon as I get out of uh, my bachelor's, but that's not the case. Um, that's never the case for anybody. Whenever you're first generation, they think you're doing all these other things. And yeah, but overall, I mean, it's been a journey for the most part, um, a fun one at that, but yeah. That's awesome. awesome. That's awesome. And Brian, tell us a about you. How did you get involved into STEM? What's your story? Um, so let's start from the very beginning. Let's go back to elementary. Um, so you know how we have English, math, science, right? Those three rotations. Yeah. Uh, science I know funny, I wasn't you know? very good at. <laughs> <laughs> well, you see, I excelled in science and not so much in the other fields. Um, maybe okay. a little bit in math, but it's it's nothing like science, you know, seeing volcanoes blow up and building circuits, et cetera. But um, what it really hit home is uh, growing, I, growing up, I was raised mostly by my grandparents as well. So uh, my grandpa had a heart attack when I was seven or eight. And so that's the environment that I grew up on. Um, a lot of hospitals, a lot of medical centers. So uh, that's that's what I grew up seeing. That's all I kind of ever knew. I mean, don't get me wrong. I did have a childhood, but. Um, kind of makes you mature a little bit faster and seeing kind of make, makes you realize what you want to do and how you want to do it. And, you know, like Irving, you know, it's feeling really vulnerable and helpless. Uh, you know, your loved mm -hmm. ones being taken care of by somebody that you have no connection to or barely even know for that fact. So um, wanting to be that person for somebody else, you know, being, being uh, trustworthy and knowing that the patient as I progress forward, can fully trust me as as I help their loved one. 
I love that. It's for you. It's a sense of service. It's of, of being almost another family member for that person going through whatever they're going through. Right. Yes. Yeah, so, yeah. So uh, as I progress through life, I keep uh, recognizing that um, because I, I've earned a lot, I've earned money through many different pathways, but nothing feels as good as helping somebody else. Like, oh, yeah. not, not, no amount of money can ever um, be enough compared to whenever you help somebody get through something, even the small things. Ooh. That's a fact. That's powerful right there. Journeys. I love that. Jay-Z, let us yes. know how did you get involved in STEM? Yeah, absolutely. So for me, I think the passion definitely stemmed from the field itself, just science and math. I know when I was like in elementary school, in middle school, um, those chemistry, biologies were some of my favorite subjects. And I think um, I remember once I like even had like some sort of it was like a science fair and I had one third place and I was like, ah, this is definitely for me. Like, this is something I want to do. Um, and I didn't really know which route to go through. Um, but I knew that for me, it definitely stemmed from like a place of service. Um, cause I, I can, I can remember whenever I was 15, my first job was actually being a Zumba instructor. Like I got certified and it was like, Oh, it's a whole thing. And one of the things that made me the happiest was seeing some of the the people that came into my classes lose weight and be healthier and be happier. And it was just that kind of like feeling of, I, I helped you outdo something that I wanted to pursue. So um, easily the first track was, was medicine, right? Like that's the first thing that everyone's told. And so I went into college and I started a biology degree so I could go into, into med school. And then, you know, throughout time, my path changed a little bit. I started um, seeing different things. I started getting into the OR, shadowing people. And that's kind of how I got into um, perfusion and, and the other field. That is so cool. Very, very cool. Yeah. Do you guys feel like when you discovered that you did want this <laughs> career path, was there many opportunities for you guys to like see, like eventually what brought you into the HSI programs and was it difficult or was it challenging to find many opportunities um, other than of course the HSI? Absolutely. Yeah, it's, um, I guess I'll start. It's always been hard finding research opportunities as a first generation student, mostly because, you know, your parents, well, as a first generation student, your parents aren't the ones who helped you get there, right? It's almost like you're a pioneer, you have to find your own way to get to that place. So a lot of institutions, um, still run on the basis of uh, how much experience do you have before coming into our program? Um, so it was definitely challenging trying to sell yourself, but I, I know that as a, you know, as a person who's really passionate about STEM and you're really passionate, really just about any field, you create your own path to get where you want to be. You lead the way there. So, um, as a first generation, so the first thing you could do is, you know, start getting into shadowing, start talking to people, what's, you know, what positions are getting opened, you know, trying to talk to mentors, meeting mentors, and just kind of like selling, you know, selling yourself that way, you can finally get to the position or to the right person that believes in you so you can get in to these opportunities in these programs. Yeah, absolutely. And I think it's always about networking, right, and finding ways to get in. I think, 
you know, that's such an underrated way of, of really doing anything in life. But especially in education, I think a lot of folks, especially, you know, our Latino community, they kind of forget that that's an option that if they do that, they can move ahead. Um, I want to chat a little bit about the challenges and sacrifices made, right? Because as first generations, there's so much sacrifices that have to be made. Um, you know, Brian, let's start with you. You know, what's probably the biggest sacrifice that you made along your journey? Oh, man. The sacrifices are in every single department of your life. Yeah. Uh, it's oh, time yeah. with your friends. It's time with your family. Um, it's it's even some some fighting within your family trying to get them to see the vision that you have. Um, like Irvin, you know, the thing is, is like once you make it into college as a first gen, the rest of your family thinks you you made it. Uh, that's like you're the one. Um, but it's not like that. And then um, as I try to as I'm trying to become a, a physician, you know, physician sciences, the the barriers just get higher and higher. The the accolades you have to reach get higher and higher. And um, there's a lot of sacrifice I go into. Uh, so let me actually answer the question. Um, it's time with your parents, time with your family, time with your friends, uh, money. You have to be very wise with uh, how you invest your money. Um, as you progress and um, a lot of social sacrifice as well, because in order to reach the top, you have to be at the top of your class or at the top of whatever you're doing. And with that comes a time requirement. So um, staying no to your friends when y'all want to go out. Um, like right now it's the, it's the NBA finals. I got some internship <laughs> work that I had to do. And um, some of my, my roommates here were like, Hey, are, are you going to the watch party? I'm like, man, that watch party starts at 10 o'clock. I got to be up at six, seven o'clock in the morning the next day. Uh, so sacrifices like that, little things that can add up and can be very stressful and, and can give you anxiety. Um, but just realizing and staying grounded to what you're trying to do and who you're trying to become, it will help you get through anything. Absolutely. And, and you, managed, you, know, you mentioned a little bit about, you know, missing out on things like that. Do you struggle with that idea sometimes of like, man, I'm giving up maybe my youth or my 20s or, you know, do you ever struggle with those thoughts as, a, as you know, as a young adult? So, yes. Uh, and especially because where I come from, uh, in my part of Houston, there's, it's, it's full of chemical plants. And so you can get wow. a two-year degree at a community college and make six figures. Um, and so that's a lot of, that's a traditional route that a lot of people take. So I'll see them on social media, you know, buying houses, buying the cars, buying this, buying that, living their grown up life. But, uh, and I, that struggles during the semester. But as soon as I land internships and I, I start to see and be a part and be here where I feel like I belong, being at a hospital shadowing, you know, working with physicians, doing research, I realize like, uh, man, here, take it, uh, take the house, take the money. This is where I belong. You know, I'm, I really like it here. This is, this is what I'm supposed to be doing. So it, like I said, it keeps you grounded and, and it's, it helps you see the vision. And, you know, that's going back to that, the previous question where it's like, you know, what are the barriers on, on internships? And it's like, if you can land one, one opens 10 other, 10 wow. other internships. Yeah. Wow. Irvin, I would love to for you to share like what has been for you a wow I did that moment in this whole journey for you. I mean, well, funny story about that. I have I've had many instances where I've been you know just I have to take a step back to see what I've done. Um, I do a lot throughout um, throughout the semesters. Um, again, uh, going back to that one question about the struggles. I mean, financially, it's one of the biggest ones. Same yes. thing that Brian was saying was that. You know, you can get a two-year um, degree and be making six figures. And, you know, you see all your peers, you know, making all this money 
And then, you know, your parents are coming up to you. Like, hey, so when are you going to start making money? When are you going to start contributing to our household? You know, because that's how yeah. our culture is. And it's like, that's where the difficulties mm-hmm. come in, where it's like, you know, like, where you don't know what you're doing. Um, like, so you, you get that sort of disconnect where you're like, am I, is this worth the time? And is it not? Mm-hmm. And then same as Brian said, the moment we land those internships, those opportunities were, again, one of the main ones that I was just kind of had to be like, wow, I did that was whenever I got asked to represent um, the American Heart Association at the um, South by Southwest EDU as a panelist, you know, and that was, you know, what undergrad could say they've done that, you know, and that was, yeah. you know, I was, it was crazy, you know, I was, I was, I was ecstatic, I was happy. Um, and it was a great experience so much so that, again, like Brian said, once you get that first experience, it opens up many doors. And I got to be a panelist for the um, UH System Conference, which is a leadership conference for all uh, University of Houston System schools. And so I was a panelist for there as well. Um, and again, it's like, these are moments where I'm just like, wow, I did that. And it's like, you know, despite, again, like Daisy said, the many barriers we face every single day, it's like, it's, it's a lot. But at the same Talk time, to us a little bit about that. Yeah. Talk to us a little bit about those barriers that you guys are feeling. Yeah. I mean, first of all, it's like whenever you're first generation, you are setting this, you know, you're setting the path for everybody else following you. I have two younger yeah. siblings. They're my main motivation to why I do what I do. Um, they're the reason why I'm considering graduate school. I'm setting the bar as high as I can, you know, to, you know, leave a legacy in that aspect. But again, it all comes at a cost where you know, you start struggling about, you know, different opportunities you might be getting. Um, other people have are privileged enough to get, you know, those research opportunities even before they get to college, you know, and as a first gen, you know, you don't get that type of experience. Um, you can network, you can do as much as you can, but sometimes you just don't meet the requirements, you know, or, you know, there's always some mini school details that you just can't get them. But like Ryan said, the moment you get one, that's, you know, that changes everything. And that's how I feel what happened with the HSI program you know, the scholar program, you know, that opened up so many doors for me. That's amazing. Brian or Daisy, do you want to share on this question? Sort of your perspective? uh, I think there's a lot of cultural and institutional barriers that are set on us from the very beginning. Um, Now, I know we've been talking a lot about first gen, but it's it's the first gen that has to learn how to do college. Now, there's a lot of experiences that whenever I have my kids, I can share with them. I can tell them. I can navigate yes. them. I can show you, like, hey, this is what you do and this is what you don't do. This is what you apply for and how you do it, how you get in. Um, throughout my throughout my collegiate career, I've learned how to write an amazing uh, resume, cover letter, et cetera. All these things, making connections, knowing how to network and snowball network. Um, and that's at the end, aside from your academic merit, is what gets you to the top. And so, you know, you're not taught that from a very young age as a first gen or even in a Hispanic culture. Everything's about grind, 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 and, you know, make a living and repeat the process. Uh, I love that. And support the family. Right. Instead right. of, you know, reaching your, reaching your dreams. And in some, in some Hispanic households, re- reaching for your dream can make it seem like you're trying to leave the family or, you know, you're not trying to contribute or you're not a part of them anymore. Uh, but that's not the case. Right, exactly. Daisy, would you love to share too on on this topic? Yeah, um, I mean, mostly what Brian said, I I agree with. Uh, Whenever you're a first-generation student, um, 
your parents don't understand what you're doing necessarily. So having to set the boundaries of when they can interact, when you can interact with them, when you can start hanging out with them, when you can set time for them is so it's such a bear it's such a like challenge for them to like really understand um but once you get over that everything you know becomes about you and like what you can do and then aside from that you know trying to figure out what path because there's a million paths you can take to get to medicine and to get to these you know stem fields but figuring out the one that works for your specific situation is it i mean it's a challenge in itself right some of us uh we have to mature a little bit when a little bit younger because we have to take on you know jobs so we could pay for the necessary things we need um some of us have to um maybe move out of move out of home in order to to focus on what we need to focus on um so there's so many different challenges that as as a latino community we face um but i think the end goal is definitely to just keep pushing forward and to find your path and what works for you and stick with it until you know you you get the desired outcome yeah did any of you guys, you know, and, and anybody can jump in on this one, have to make such a major sacrifice like what you were mentioning, you know, where you had to set boundaries for your family, move out of the house, not have enough money to continue your career? Like, did any of you guys go through anything really, um, you know, challenging where you felt like maybe I can't even continue my career? Um, um, uh, let me speak first. Uh, um, so okay. I honestly had moved out a couple semesters ago um and that was just because again with the household they don't understand and also out of respect for me and to my family again when you live in a single household with everybody in there you know you also got to be mindful of other people's time you know they're going to sleep they're going to go to work and i can't be up at 3 a.m studying because i need music to study so i can't have like music blasting and you know keeping them up and so i had to take the initiative and move out um and no, that was already a struggle in itself. And before that is like, you know, they don't support me financially. So that's something that I'm having to do on my own. So that's why I, you know, I do a lot of stuff at school. I'm a mentor for three different programs. I work as a social media influencer for my school. Um, and again, all of these come with stipends and, you know, but it also comes with the time cost as well. Mm-hmm. I have to dedicate time for those programs and then study for school and then work and then, you know, it's a bit overwhelming sometimes. I tend to not really put too much thought into it, but those are some of the like sacrifices I've had to make. And again, same thing with like Daisy was saying is like I, I could I couldn't make time for my parents sometimes, and they couldn't understand that. And it was a bit of a you know challenge having to figure that out. Right. But it sounds like you all have the common goal of the bigger picture. It's it's your future, right? It's what that means for your family, what it means for our community as Latinos. Like what is it? What does that all mean? And I feel like you know, you guys have all mentioned some personal goals and motivations as to why, what that drives you. But, you know, is it safe to say that this is, that that's it, that's the driving force. It's, it's that big picture goal where you're just like, you know, if I don't do this now, this will never happen. Yes. And I mean, because we, all three of us talk a lot about our personal goals, but I think I can speak for the three of us that we want to recycle this energy. We want to recycle this 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 idea of helping Latinos uh, elevate and level up mm-hmm. as we reach our professions and even myself at the at the level that I'm currently at is um, like for the next batch of HSIs I'm I'm looking I'm I'm surveying who 
who, which Hispanic person needs this, which Hispanic student needs this opportunity, this research experience. And so I could put them on. Yeah. I love that. And, that's and, and as I level up, I want to keep doing that and create pipelines uh, through institutions. Yeah, I mean, that's powerful. Yeah, so sorry to interrupt, but, um, but yeah, I mean, what Brian just said, that's literally, again, I'm a mentor for three different programs. And again, my school is at HSI school, is also a Hispanic serving institution. So when the few STEM majors that I get to meet, I talk to them and, you know, I, I had a couple of them apply for this round for the, for the scholars. So hopefully I'm still waiting to hear back from them, letting me know that, you know, they got accepted or not. Um, yeah. I helped prepare them. I told them what I did to get in. Um, and, you know, just like Brian, we're establishing that pipeline because, you know, it's one thing that we got the opportunity. Now it's time to pass on the torch to somebody else. Yeah. And I think okay. one of the things that's so important, like with the rising popularity of social media platforms and everything mm -hmm. is if we get the opportunity to, why not share what you know, the tips and the resources and all of those advices on these platforms, right? Um, because as we know, there's a, a big, you know, there's a big community of basically college students that are on these, on these, you know, uh, on these social media platforms. So it's like, if I'm not able to find someone personally that I know, I will be able to speak on my own behalf. Mm -hmm. And hopefully somebody online can see what I did or see how I got into these things and, and they can follow something similar and just, you know, use those resources. But definitely, um, especially on challenges as well, you know, when it comes to how to how to find housing on campus, how to yeah. find how to apply for student loans, how to raise up your credit score, all of these things that sometimes you don't realize how important they are once you mm -hmm. finally, you know, account or, you know, find that challenge. I love that each one of you guys are so you're passionate about your the work that you're doing, but just as equal, if not more passionate about really spreading the message around this and also helping everyone else out right in your community in your communities. I think that's so beautiful. Yeah. And that's really how, you know, our, our Latino community moves ahead. It's by reaching your hand back and helping the next person in line, you know, to, to help elevate them, like you guys said, um, and help them to succeed. Because as you guys know, because you've lived in it or still living in, you know, it's such a process and a journey. And who not better to follow or listen to to somebody who's been there and done that. And that's so beautifully said. What is the, the one thing that maybe you wish you knew before you even got into the field of STEM? Like that one, one thing that you're just like, I wish I would have known that and maybe, maybe not pursue the field. What, what would you guys say that is, Brian, to start with you? That it was not yeah. as easy as I thought it was going to be. Uh, oh. You know, in high school, middle school, everybody wants to be a doctor. Everybody wants to be a lawyer. Everybody wants to be somebody. Um, so what I, there's, to be honest, looking back, uh, everything that has happened in my life, has molded me and created me into the person I am today. So I can't really say that I, I want to look back and tell myself something. But if I had to, um, it would be to, to resiliency. And um, no matter what happens throughout your life, um, if you have that goal, you have to chase no matter what happens, no matter if everybody and their mom is telling you that you're not meant for it or you can't do it, or even that self-negativity and that self uh, self uh, harm, you know, tell yourself, no, I'm like that you're not capable, you know, it's battling that and knowing that if you can get over yourself, you can get over everything. Mm. So resiliency is what I would tell myself. 
That's a good one, Brian. That's great. Daisy, what, what would you say to yourself before I, you started this journey, if you can? <laughs> <laughs> so coming into the program, I'm actually surprised to say that reach research is is not for me you know what i mean like research in itself is isn't something that i want would want to continue pursuing um but if i would have you know led this life of, of low confidence and not applying myself to to programs i would have never figured that out i would have mm -hmm. probably just signed up for a, a graduate program and pursued this at, at a later time and then figured it out way later so one of the things that um, but I do I do wish I could have known, young, you know, as a younger self is to grow more confidence in my skills and in my just in my like resume and in myself. Right. Um, because if I would have, you know, been a little bit more confident, I think I could have been applying myself to more things and just jumping straight in to any opportunity that I could have found. Um, I wouldn't have been waiting for for that. I guess that moment of, oh, well, now I have this on my resume or now I have the, the better GPA. Now I can apply. I would have just mm -hmm. done it, you know, very early on. Like maybe I have a low GPA, but maybe they'll I have a low GPA, but maybe they'll believe in me. Maybe they'll mm -hmm. they'll see something else in me. Right. Maybe they'll right. see that I'm more passionate about it or even competing in mathematics earlier on or something like that, um, because I know that there's certain certain fields that I sometimes wish I could have tapped in just to see if that would have been something, something I was really interested in. But obviously, um, now that I'm older, I'm kind of getting into that flow of whatever I'm interested in. I'm in my 20s, go for it. Just go try it out. Why not? Yeah, I love that. I love that. And you're learning that at a very young age, which is great. <laughs> <laughs> and Irvin, what about you? Um, for me, just don't restrict myself to, you know, what I have in mind at the time, um, because there was a point in time where I did pass up a lot of other opportunities um, that, you know, I don't regret not taking. But at the same time, you know, now recently I've been taking up other things that, you know, I'm right now I got some internship in a marketing agency, um, again, as a STEM major. But that's just so that I can help understand how marketing works and also help give that information out. Because, it's, again, I started a I became part of the social media influencer program at my school. And mm -hmm. through that, I'm using that as a voice so that I can, you know, tell other STEM students like me that, you know, they're not alone. Um, and, you know, funny story, like was last week, I had a, um, some random person from, I don't even know where they're from, but they texted me and they asked me, they're like, hey, so like, how was your experience with the HSI scholars program? And at first I was confused. I was like, how do you know that? But then I remembered, <laughs> I made a book a while ago, um, showcasing when, on our trip to New Orleans to the Stroke Conference that they um, wow. offered us to go. And I just made a collage of like my experience, you know, how I had fun, how I met other students from HBCUs. And, you know, Brian was there in the videos too. And, you know, it was a bit like a surreal moment. I kind of realized that, you know, this is the way to communicate to people. Like Daisy was saying, you know, although I'm not there physically, I don't know her at all, I was still able to help her out and, you know, redirect to the right people that I know who she, she, she should contact, you know, and that's, that's something that I should have told myself before. So I could have gained other experience in other fields or maybe other, again, technical skills like marketing. Like that's something I'm currently working on. That's amazing. You guys are just so incredible and inspirational. And, um, and yes. we want to thank you for not just being on our show today, but for truly paving a path for our community and really making a huge change and, like I said earlier, reaching your hand back and helping the next person in line. You guys are just insane. And I know that you guys are going to have incredible, incredible careers. 
And I want to congratulate you on that. But before we let you guys go, I want to ask each one of you guys, what is the best advice that you can give to any student right now who is looking to embark on the journey to STEM? Um, go, go ahead, Daisy. Oh, I would just say, go for it. Jump straight onto it. Focus on your classes, but also do those, you know, apply yourself, build your resume and just go for any, any opportunity you want to do. Just do it. Oh, okay. Um, I guess I'll go. Um, so there's something I tell all my mentees, you know, all 80 mentees that I, I speak to is step out of your comfort zone. Nothing, the greatness doesn't happen within your comfort zone. You know, you got to step out of that zone. You know, the moment you start doing that, you start making changes to yourself and others around you. Amazing. I love that. And Brian? And for me, it's that um, you are capable, uh, regardless mm -hmm. of your background, regardless of your gender, regardless of anything. Um, you are capable. You are enough. You are powerful. You can do this. And um, it's not going to be easy. Life is going to happen. Obstacles are going to get in the way. Um, horrible things are going to happen. But just stay focused on that one thing. And again, you are powerful. You are enough. Um, a, a theme that I've noticed between the three of us as we speak about ourselves is that there was a lack of confidence at one point. Um, so trying to trying to instill that confidence from a very, a very early age or a very early point in someone's academic life or career life, um, that's that's the main hitting point for me. I love that. Thank you guys so much for sharing your time with us and for sharing your stories. Ultimately, you guys are all individually, truly inspiring and keep on doing what you guys are doing. You're doing amazing. All right. Thank, thank you for thank having you. us. And again, thank you so much. I want to give a shout out to um, Mitzi Cardona. She yes. inspiration to me, too. Like, <laughs> if you ever get to see, get a chance to see her in work in action, you'll be surprised. I that's my always striving goal to have the same amount of work ethic she has because she can get yeah. things. Yeah. Oh, that's we so sweet. Mitzi. We love Mitzi. Shout so. out to Mitzi. Yeah, Mitzi. <laughs> <laughs> thank you guys so, so much. No, and thank, thank you. Y'all are inspiring. Us. Very. You guys are it's amazing. <laughs> Absolutely. Got the whole studio going. I was like, I was impressed oh immediately. Yeah. <laughs> All the women you interview, amazing. I love it. I love the energy. Yeah. Thank you guys thank you so guys. much. Thank you. We'll talk soon. Bye. 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 We hope you guys enjoyed this episode. If you want to learn more about the HSI Scholars Program, please check the link in our description for more information. And don't forget to like, subscribe, and comment. And most importantly, leave us a review. This helps us to continue to bring you great conversations just like this to you every single week. Thank you so much for watching, and we'll catch you in the next one.